Greetings, fellow imps. I'm Imp Fossil Tom Hensky, and I'd like to welcome you to From Nowhere to Now Here, Where Incarnate Memories Prevail. Like many incoming first years, I entered the university a blank canvas. You get it, nowhere. But four years later, I grew to now here. And when I look back at that transformation, it was the friendships that I built through the imps that were a huge part of that growth. But where did everyone end up? I'm going to take us on a journey to find them, to catch up with the friends we've lost touch with. And in doing so, my mission is to rekindle these amazing relationships. And nation. Yup. Back. The guy I've been trying to tie down for a while because he might be my easiest interview ever. By the way, Brian Grant's claim to fame has got to be he's got the most put together LinkedIn profile that I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, when I was cyber stalking him, trying to get some stuff for our interview today, it's like, I've never seen someone who has more entries in every area. You have like 100% complete. And I'm guessing, Brian, do you have like 1,000 contacts, 2,000? Is it like 2 million? How many contacts do you have on LinkedIn? I have no idea. I just add people. You know, it's all about networking in this place. And I've had enough jobs to learn that. <laughs> and that's why it's so put together because I've had so many jobs across my career. But yeah. So cool, man. Hey, welcome on board. What's going on? How you been? I've been good, man. Life is good. Couldn't be better. Um, I'm here just really just trying to live my best life as I post daily. <laughs> <laughs> living my best life. Yes. You know, I see some of those posts and it's like, I know you're like into the fitness stuff and we're going to talk about that, but I yeah. know one person I'm not going to the beach with and that's you. <laughs> like, because it's, it's, I can train for the rest of my life. I don't even think, I don't even think in my heyday, like back when I was in college and training for D1 sport, I don't even think I was as fit as you are. So like, well, you and I, we're going to limit our hangouts to a bar to like maybe on the lawn. We're just not going to a beach. It's not that serious. <laughs> and I and, and it fluctuates. So, you know, I have my, I get it, it all together for my birthday, but after that, you know, it's downhill. So, yeah. <laughs> especially the winter months. Yeah, I usually get it together right before I go for my annual physical and I like fast myself for two months just so like when I get on the scale, he's not repulsed. Yeah, there you go. So I got to I got to do my annual birthday post. So that's uh that's uh, why well, I have to get in shape for that. But then, other than that, I'm I have my my lifestyle that I follow. But for the most part, I'm uh, eating what I like, drinking what I like, a little too much sometimes. But also uh, doing it in a way that keeps me fit. Because of course, with a 17 year old, I have to try to keep up or stay ahead at this point. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Staying ahead is a little bit easier said than done. So tell me, what were you fit like this when you were at Newport Prep High School? Give us the scoop. So Newport was a very small school. Um, I went there basically from pre-kindergarten to high school. They added on the high school as I was there. And given the fact that it was a small school, there were 15 in my class. Everybody played every sport, basically. Or we had to in order to field teams. So, you know, uh, playing sports, whether it was soccer, basketball, tennis, I ran track for one year, but, you know, I don't like practicing. So the whole, whole idea of running for practice never uh, appealed to me. Um, did uh, uh, softball. So so basically played a lot of sports in high school, and that that wasn't uh, uh, why I stayed fit. It was just because we had to to, to <laughs> be able to compete anywhere. So, so that's uh, how I guess, I guess got uh, acclimated to being um, fit or just uh, doing activities in general. Um, and then coming to, to school, it was just intramural. So I wasn't going to make any team. I, I was a, you know, played all sports, but but uh, was not that good at any of them. So, <laughs> so tell me then, what was going on your senior year when you started looking at colleges? What it, tell us about the process? So I had myself all set to go to Duke 
And um, that was a great interview. Speaking. Really, we enjoyed talking to you. Right, <laughs> no, thanks so much. But the, the story gets better. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit of creative license and go with it, but I might just yank this right in here. Hey, but but we we know that didn't happen, so it's all good. Um, so I I was planning on going there, um, but my guidance counselor suggested this the school UVA, and I said okay, I'll apply. We uh. There's another student that went there the year before, and I, I went ahead and applied. Went down to Duke for their like kind of spring fling weekend, had a great time. But then Virginia spring fling, which if you don't know, is a, a week they they invite or a weekend they invite uh, prospective black students down to the the campus to hang out and, and stay. And um, I had the best time of my entire life after that weekend i knew i was going to UVA, but that's really it i, I was just uh looking to go I, you know school was always a, a plan um and i was also planning on architecture so that that kind of guided my choice of uh, places where i applied but got uva uh in day school and, and went that route wait a second architecture <laughs> exactly i don't even <laughs> you even take an architecture class at UVA? What was it? I don't even remember this. Nope, because it was first semester only. I started out in A school, going from Dunglison over to the A school, probably the longest walk you could have uh, first year for a class, and uh, it sucked. Um, they started out in the theory of architecture and the history of architecture, which to me, I was creative. I like to draw, and neither one of those really catered to that that uh, you know, that creative um bone that I had in my body. So, so yeah, it was short lived. Uh, yeah, I think those are classes that really weed people out of the program so that, uh, you really know if you have a passion for this and I'm glad I didn't end up there, but, um, but it was a interesting time nonetheless. So I spent the rest of my four years trying to figure out actually what I was going to major in and that's a, a whole nother story. But. <laughs> so is your advice to your son to pick the major that's the closest to his dorm? Is that the government <laughs> principle? Uh, I forgot that we're going to be a uh, place when you apply. So um, the, the guiding principle is to just get in. And then if you can figure out a way to pay for it too, I'd appreciate that. But other than that, just get into a school and, and go and spend your four years and enjoy them, you know, take advantage of everything the school has to offer, you know, the, the grades or the, the major, that's that's what you have to do to get in and out of school because it's only going to have those four years. <laughs> and then uh, from there, you know, get involved with as much as you can to get that full experience. So, okay, so architecture school was out. And then yep. all of a sudden, did you know right away what you wanted to do or did this take a little bit? And, or are you going to tell me that you still haven't figured it out? No, and then it was the next option. And I, let's go pre-com because that sounds cool. Uh, that, that there might be some opportunities there. Um, and then, you know, accounting and econ just didn't really agree with me. So I got waitlisted and then had to uh, choose a major. So at that point, like, okay, what? do I have enough credits in to declare and then be able to graduate on time? So, so it came down to RCS and sociology. <laughs> and I'm not a big fan of multiple choice tests. Uh, so, so RCS won because I can do my writing and, and graduate with a writing degree basically. And that was it. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I know the end of the story, yeah. so things worked out just fine, but yeah, that's it. Um, okay, great. So now where were you, you said Dunkelson your first year? Yep. Okay. And, and, and what was going on socially first year? First year was uh, that transition year, of course, coming from high school. And I came again from a very small school, which is very diverse. And coming to UVA was really a, a big change. Um, good thing. I actually knew a lot of people that were here um, at UVA people I didn't even realize were at the school. There were two of my neighbors uh, that lived on my same alley across the street were, were at UVA and uh, they were a little, two years older, but, but I knew people, right? So, um, so it was not as big of an adjustment um, other than the fact that I lost my keys my first night. That was fun, <laughs> but I also hooked up with Charles Mary. So um, who we knew from fifth grade soccer. So being able to, to, catch up with people that I've known for years um, or knew and then got reacquainted with 
made it uh, an easier transition, at least uh, hanging out for that first night. And then, you know, the, the biggest thing that happens, at least for me, for my first year was, was getting involved in, in things, figuring things out. Obviously, A school, I figured out wasn't the right direction. Um, but it was all the extracurricular things. Um, so I got uh, involved with a lot of the different organizations there. So University Union, uh, I tried yearbook for a little bit because I did yearbook in high school. Um, but University Union was the thing that stuck the most. And at that time, you know, you had apartheid in South Africa and all the different causes that were going on. So for me, coming from such a diverse school and, and coming to UVA where things weren't as diverse, I really gravitated towards that uh, diversity committee of University Union and got involved with uh, BSA and got involved with um, another organization called Street Academics that was going out to Charlottesville High School and, and kind of acting as a mentor program. So finding those uh, opportunities that really kept me engaged outside of the classroom um, is really what I think were the best part of my experience at UVA. Um, so, so just trying to come from a, a perspective of, of being, ex being an example, um, cause it, it is, you know, I also uh, was out on rugby road. So I joined a, a fraternity, which I had no intention coming <laughs> to do coming into the school. Right. I, uh, didn't really even know about it, but just kind of hung out on, uh, uh, rugby road during rush week and ended up getting a bid and, uh, you know, a lot of our fellow imps from our time we're, we're also at DTD so um so I guess the association kind of uh got me that introduction and, and recognition for, for what I've been doing that's awesome and so um tell me about some of the stupid things you did your first year give me a good story <laughs> well considering they all involved uh rushing and and pledging <laughs> those, those were the main but they were fun um, other than losing my keys, uh, that was probably the stupidest thing I did. Um, it was really just, I don't know, just the hanging out and the things that we had to do. Um, and I got to remember what was first year versus what was the yeah, other three let years. Me, let, me prompt you. let me, let me prompt you. Okay. So, um, there are two fraternities that just got thrown off of grounds. Right. Yes. And of course it was for what? Hazing. Right. Yes. And so um, I would venture to say that they pay a lot more attention to hazing today than they did back when we were in school. Right. So yeah. give me something good when you were pledging. <laughs> give me something good. That, like, you know, fairly <laughs> that you can tell us about. I mean, it's, uh, you know, hazing is relative, right? A lot of it is off drinking. And I guess when drinking age was 21 i guess that's all bad but big brother night's always the best night where you you kind of go on a scavenger hunt to figure out who your big brother is and at each stop you're you're getting to do fun things um i think <laughs> the funniest part about that night was uh they went to a thrift store and got these lovely dresses um that we had to to throw on and, and then walk around grounds to our next place and uh, <laughs> I, I actually saved that dress for a really long time. So I finally got rid of it just because it was, you know, I'm a hoarder, right? So <laughs> I kept all those things from, from back then because they were memories. But I, I got over that moment to my my place here. But that that was the craziest night, just uh, dressing up in that. Uh, there was the anchovy pizza, double anchovy pizza. Um, uh, the, the funny one was Brass Monkey, um, where it's actual it's a bottle uh, you can get brass monkey, you know, made famous by the Beastie Boys. Um, we sat around drinking. Wait, 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 you, wait, can you remind us of that song? How did that song go? <laughs> You're going to make me sing it. Yeah, yeah, come yeah, on. Brass monkey, yeah, yeah. monkey, monkey. No, yeah, can, that's you, can you do it with like a little bit of like rhythm now? Come on, man. It's so, it's so horrific. Come on, try it out. I am not a singer. Okay, just do it with uh, me then. Brass monkey bar. Brass monkey. Brass monkey. That monkey. monkey. <laughs> exactly. Okay, yeah, I just want to make sure. I'm not a singer. But uh, yeah, so that was the funny part of the night was when they broke that out. And it's like, hey, yeah, drink this bottle while we play brass monkey in the background. And uh, and that was uh, an interesting night. And now uh, by the end of that night, 
and getting to the house in our dresses. Um, it was quite a sight, I'm sure, for everybody else and our dog in the house. Well, let me ask you, were you, were you picking up a lot of women that night in your dress? Or like, were they? Uh, no, no, we were ducking as many people as we possibly could <laughs> so that we weren't seen anywhere by anybody we knew. <laughs> so I uh, managed to do that quite a bit because we were over by the stadiums and not too many people were over there. But, but we did have to venture back to Rugby Road at some point. So I'm sure. There may, I'm just glad that you did not have cell phones back then with these cameras that could capture all of these moments. Um, it would be a different life for us all if we if we had that. Yeah, you don't want that picture of uh, you floating around in a dress. That would not be. No. That's, yeah, that's going to be tough to get another job once you find they find that one on social media, right? Not to say there may not be pictures in print floating around yeah yeah, yeah. that's okay the ones in the <laughs> print are less. Sad. <laughs> they're they're more damaging but less circulating right so yes exactly exactly cool okay so then what happened with the imps but i know that there was the connection through the fraternity so kind of but tell everyone because people listening to this maybe they don't know the whole story yeah. that i do so go for it so for me you know there are a bunch of people in my class uh you know ross wigner Charles Barron were, were tapped ahead of me. Um, and then in my house, Calvin Snyder, John uh, Blank um, uh, were also there. Uh, and then just a bunch of people by the association, Chris Foster, uh, the University Union. So, you know, they all knew about me, knew what I was doing. And I think for our our night, um, or when I when they told me about it, the, the dinner, um, there was some diversity issue that I had to address. So that was the big thing, <laughs> the story they told me. So, um, so it was quite a surprise being uh, pulled out by um, um, by Charles and 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 being uh, taken over to uh, um, um, what's his name, the diner, collagen, um, collagen. Yeah, <laughs> it's not there anymore. I can't remember. No, no. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so that was that was the night I found out. And then I think what's even funnier is the the march where you get tapped, right? Um, you know, most people did it in their fraternities or somewhere on grounds. <laughs> I chose to do it at a big party that was going on at New Hall. <laughs> Shut up. So it was it was a big concert <laughs> that was going on. So I'm like, yeah, I'm get tapped there. <laughs> So, um, so after, you know, that night of drinking tuna before we go out, um, yeah, yeah, that, that was probably a very ugly night. And I think people were cursing me for that walk out to you all. Oh my God. That is so. I wasn't in any shape. So I think they had to carry me for part of that. So, okay. But it was fun. There's so much right and so much wrong about you dragging everyone to you all. That's so I know. So wait, what was the concert though? Was it a concert with a famous artist or was it just a party at you hall? You know, I don't even remember. It was a, it had to be something bigger, a DJ or, or a famous, uh, some artist that needed you hall as a facility, right? Because you don't get you hall unless you're planning on a lot of people. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I just remembered one trying to get in, that was a struggle. And then two, when they got there, you know, in pitchforks and, and these, uh, you know, hats, um, that was something else uh, for them to get in and then to find me <laughs> and then to drag us out. So that was all an ordeal, I'm sure. Um, but hey, I was, I was, I uh, had my tuna, so I was good. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been, been Sir Mix a lot. You wouldn't care, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was just the thing, man. I don't remember details. I just remember these hazy events <laughs> that I know happened, but the details of anything, I'm always struggling with. So that's good. Um, you could be like every. You could be like each of the other 33 guests we've had on. It's called revisionist history. Like not. <laughs> right. It's. I want to know: Is it of honor violation if you think you're telling the truth and you're actually not? Right. That's what I want to know. Well, you know, you just stay at the uh, the the high level view of it. There's truth in there somewhere. So the details. That's where you know things get fuzzy, and you don't have to talk about that. So. <laughs> So, cool. so tell me, take me through then, 
um, the rest of your years then what year, uh, not the actual year, but was it your second year, third year you got tapped? Do you remember? It, third year. Yeah. Okay. Would have been third year. So, you know, thinking back on it, it felt like it was a short time, you know, but, but still, you know, it was, a, it was a good time. It was, it was a fun time. I enjoyed Sunday nights, uh, hanging out and it's just a different group. You know, I, I, you made it a point, I mean, not even intentionally, but just by way of what I got involved with uh, or involved in to to be a part of as much of the university as possible, whether it was the BSA and, and the Black community, whether it was, you know, Rugby Road and, and the fraternity there, um, whether it was university union, diversity, things I got involved with, I, you know, I have more people that I was in touch with because of everything that I did. Um, and the imps was another, um, was another extension of that where it gave me, because I, I didn't know a lot of the athletes, but certainly through the imp society met a lot more of them and then had those connections through that. <clears throat> so, um, the thing I valued most is just the, the, the breadth of the university that I was able to, to touch and engage in, um, and be a part of, um, um, so it's great. I mean, I just think back. I, I always like to think of, uh, or I always tell this to people when I talk about my job today. Is like when you go to school, you have your academics that you kind of, you're made and you're you're focused on, but it's all those extracurricular activities that really make the experience. And and I, I felt like I majored in my extracurricular activities more than I did my academics. I just did my academics enough to be able to graduate on time. Um, but it was really about all those other things that that I was, you know, more, more my priority, really, <laughs> even more so. Um, so that's, uh, that's how I approached uh, UVA and, then, you know, fortunately with my current role, I, I have that same opportunity and I guess we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's say, okay, uh, before I let you go off the imps, any imp stories that you remember? You mentioned Sundays at the chapel, anything come to mind? Oh, man. They all run together because they all involve tuna <laughs> or marching. But you know, I will say the, the the I think the last march that we went on um, was the most memorable for me um, because it was the last. And and there are people there, uh, you know, that in the longer with us, Kenneth Miles, who's a friend of the Ems, um, and and came to a lot of our things, and not just the Ems, but across the university. Um, I just remember him being there, part of that, and just the friendship from that that one March. I don't even remember who we were tapping or anything else, but I just know Tuna was great, and and we were singing the songs. So, <laughs> and that's the best part, you know. The I don't want to be singing their song and uh, and everything else. Um, that's uh, those are the most memorable things. Oh, and, and of course, being on the lawn and and the things that happened there. Um, but just being able to to have that time um, to, to close out my fourth year, I think uh, there there was an event where you know Ross and I with some other people uh, that there weren't imps, but uh, there were a few of us that we got to streak the lawn together to to close out our, our fourth year in, in our time at the university. Um, so the friendships made and and the um, the opportunity to share all those experiences. Because they all go together again. I don't remember details. Um, you know, other people have to remind me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> pretty much out of it for uh, for a lot of them. I enjoyed my tune. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Sounds like yeah, right. and, and, and I and I ate the fruit. <laughs> well, I told as you've heard me say on previous episodes, there's a a correlation between you not remembering things and how good a time you had, and it's uh, probably. Uh, the, I could probably run another study on the tuna thing, but uh, it's probably some things are better unstudied, <laughs> right? So then you graduated, and then where did you head? What was your what was your plan? Did you have a plan, or did you just start to yeah, uh, go? Having an RCS major, I did not have that planned out very well. Um, so if I had to do it all again, I would have done internships and things and had some direction. But now I went back home. <laughs> I uh, got a job as a camp, um, basically camp director. And then, um, you know, that was the summer. And then I tried my hand at selling insurance door to door. Uh, that was short lived. And then I got to revisit the the health thing. I, I got a job at uh, Bally's Holiday Spa, you know, um, 
no longer around, but that was, uh, uh, you know, selling memberships and doing some personal training with that. So then that, that kind of sparked the real the fitness thing that that's really where I got uh, more focused on fitness, at least at the time. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, that was good, but it wasn't going to, you know, be a long-term thing. And I, um, explored an opportunity of maybe doing some training you know they had these this, everything's kind of technology was emerging at that time so i got to do some i was supposed to start training on microsoft products so microsoft word excel uh, etc and i was sitting in the training classes so i could kind of see how they go and i um ended up learning enough to be able to get a job uh pass the test that they required to um work for the Bureau of National Affairs, which is a publishing company. So my job there was to code CD-ROMs. So little thing called SGML coding, um, um, precursor to HTML. Wait, is that, is that a curse word that I'm going to have to blank out? <laughs> interview or, or? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> or, or are you yeah, just trying so, to make me look stupid with the jargon? That's what you're doing. You know, I'm I'm gonna, gonna feel it's like, like I got a dumb goalie here. I'm going to just like <laughs> throw in some things to really confuse the hell out of yeah. Okay, thanks. Thanks. I, yes, major. I got. I got to feel like I, I actually know something of value. In, in... <laughs> I thought we. I thought we were friends. So. And trying to make me look bad by making me look stupid. But go ahead. There, I'm sure the people who listen to this are smart, so they'll they'll enjoy it. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, so I got into that the whole coding of CD-ROMs, and um, and that's really the precursor of HTML, which is basically web pages. I actually fell into the internet when it first started. Um, I did art in school and I, and I had some computer classes both in high school and I took one or two in college, but, um, but it had enough of a foundation that, that, that was easy to me. And, um, and yeah, I fell into the internet when it started and, and that was kind of how I took off. Um, um, however, that was Bureau of National, National Affairs in DC, but then I met my former wife. Well, that's another story, but yeah, so I, I, I hooked up with Amy and uh, we went to Hawaii. So I decided to move to Hawaii and um, I met with her, I met her. She moved to New York and we went back and forth. But anyway, we ended up going to Hawaii and I um, didn't really find anything on the internet there. Then was more hosting and, and bartending. So that was my backup um, job bartending and that shocker right now they're on the floor <laughs> they can't believe what the turn that this conversation just took yes he was a bartender I, mean, yeah. I, I had to hustle so i did that so i did it in hawaii did it for five months and then um you know again working wasn't going to get ahead there so to dc briefly it was around the time of the olympics went down to atlanta for a week got jobs came back got our stuff and moved to atlanta so i spent the next 11 years in Atlanta. And that's really where I got into the technology more uh, uh, deeply uh, in, into it. So um, unfortunately, it was the technology boom. And with that, you change jobs every year or two years because either companies are up, uh, downsizing, right-sizing, running out of money, whatever. Um, so the boom starts uh, started the, the trajectory. Unfortunately, I did not take that job at WebMD. I went to some small internet company instead. And, um, you know, I was a third employee. So I was like, hey, <laughs> this is my opportunity to grow a company and go from, uh, you know, the third employee to, you know, multimillionaire. Um, so unfortunately, that did not happen for me. Um, as, it, as it may have somewhat for uh, Tim uh, over there in <laughs> California. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Uh, and I did that, uh, went through the boom, but you know, the good thing is that I always managed to stay working despite having so many jobs. Um, so from there, I went from, um, um, internet to email. Uh, so right when email was getting started, where you had these companies that sent bulk email to everybody and yeah, I'm not the reason you're getting all the spam even though that's the business I'm in. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> we tried to educate our customers on how to do it properly. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so I read that, in, um, that email wave uh, when that first started. So again, um, different companies, but eventually went out to California and um, 
uh, with uh, an email provider and then came back to Atlanta and then moved back to DC from there. Cause that was 2008 when <clears throat> we had our reunion. Uh, so class of 93 had a reunion. My high school had a, a big reunion, which for us was the entire school comes back because, you know, we only had 15 in my class <laughs> and 300 in the entire school. So, so our reunions are everybody. Uh, and that really made me want to come back to DC and be closer, uh, especially closer to UVA, closer to the family and friends that are still in the area. Um, Atlanta was, was great, but it was it was done. And and when I went out to California, it was Irvine, so it wasn't like LA. Um, it was suburbs, and I'm, I'm a city guy. So so that brought me back here uh, to DC since 2008. But it's been a a, a ride in the technology world, mostly on the implementation side, uh, but as of five years ago, joining Salesforce, moved on to the sales side as a solution engineer. And I've been growing in that role. And now I'm director of our, our marketing cloud specialist within the, within the company. So, so what does that mean? What, to, what's your day to day? What are you, where's your focus? So for me, managing, I basically manage my team. Um, and, and that's, from a Salesforce perspective, you know, we call managers people leaders. And, you know, I'd managed before with another company and decided it wasn't really something I ever wanted to do again because I felt like there I had to either babysit or, you know, I expect people to do their job and I didn't want to have to babysit them. I just wanted to be able to, to uh, I guess, manage whatever that meant. But coming to Salesforce as a, as a people leader, it's really about the growth and development of your team. And that's really my focus um, as a manager. So my day-to-day is really meeting with my team, making sure that they're getting what they need to be successful in their role and also to be growing in the direction they want to be growing, right? What's your next step? What are you trying to do? Um, is it just the next level in this field of solution engineering or is it something else in the company? You know, what is it, something out of the company? So, so I feel like my job these days is really more about mentorship and and that gives me a lot, a lot of satisfaction right there's still the day-to-day management and you know, making sure that things are getting done but but i have a great team and um and and they do their job and they're great at their job so for me it's really um just making sure that they're staying happy and they're growing in a direction they want to grow in um, so that's my day-to-day really checking in on my team and making sure they're getting what they need and Salesforce is a huge, huge company. So I bet you people who are listening to this might be thinking to themselves, so where is the future for Salesforce? Where's, where's that going? Salesforce is a great company. And I happen to work in sector specifically. Um, so it's just one of the operational units um, in, uh, in the company. And, you know, public sector has been growing uh, in the five years that I've been here. It was a small operation um, uh, unit uh operating unit when i joined and it's steadily been becoming more and more of a an operating unit that gets more attention and uh and um support and resources right because because we're starting to make a lot more money than we did when we first started uh, and now we're comparable to some of those other operating units that have been really driving the company uh traditionally so salesforce is a growth company we're looking to double revenue or increase revenue year over year. Goals of being a $50 billion company in, in the shortest amount of time, you know, than any other company. Um, um, so that's that's kind of where it's going, which means there's always opportunities. Um, and I'm just riding the wave. <laughs> what would be uh, what would the non-salesforce employee, there's the normal person, what would we be surprised to hear about the company? You know, it's fun that for like 70 near 80,000 employees the culture is one that everybody really buys into um you know we have our core values and and it's really something that everybody buys into follows and believes in the the methodology of the company where we have uh 1% giving of time 1% giving of, of profit 1% giving of, of our product um, everybody has the opportunity to do VTO. So, so I, to bring this back to, you know, what I felt like school was where you have your job, 
and then uh, to, to graduate and you have your extracurricular stuff. Salesforce is kind of the same way where I have my job, I have my day to day, but we have so many other opportunities within the company to, to do more. Um, so right now I'm the president of our Bold Force ERG group, um, um, which is our, our, our local one. So the DC um, chapter of that, where um, it's just the, the black organization where we um, kind of do stuff to support our community. Um, I, I, I participate in, in a mentorship program outside of my role. So I'm mentoring people, you know, not that are just not my team or that are not just my team, but outside of that, we have an insider program where people that are interviewing get to talk to people in the company, you know, during their interview process that aren't related to the job they're applying for. So I'll just talk to random people <laughs> about Salesforce and they get to learn uh, about the company, ask any of those questions that they want to ask that are not uh, necessarily related to their job. So to really understand culture and what life is like. Um, so, so that's the whole work-life balance, the opportunity even within the company to, to find that fulfillment um, outside of your job is, is there. And that's, I think, the thing that you, probably not normal in most companies. I mean, that's cool. That's cool to hear, right? I mean, 80,000 employees, but working hard to make it feel like 8,000 employees, right? That's not easy yeah. to do. That's not easy to do. But it sounds like, uh, it sounds like some great uh, initiatives they have going there. I love it. Very good. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're definitely trying to, to lead the charge and a lot of the things for equality and, 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 and everything else, um, sustainability and just being a corporate, uh, a, a responsible company across the board. So, and, and where do you see your path? You were talking about mentoring other people for their path. Uh, so like, do you see yourself staying on this path for a while? Is there something else that's gnawing at you that you're saying, Oh, I got to do that. No, you know, I, I'm enjoying where I am now. Um, I, I enjoy the space I'm in, um, the group I'm working with. Um, and it's really been something that coming in, I've just been doing the job and, and the opportunities have kind of been just coming to me. Like some people are, are driving their career with intent. <laughs> like I want to be VP, I want to be whatever. Yeah, I've never really driven my career that way. I've kind of gone with the flow and, and just done what I've done. But, um, you know, with Salesforce, I'm kind of still doing that, but there is some intent where I am trying to, to raise my hand for the things that, that I have passion uh, about and, and, and be involved with things that are going to help me continue to grow with the company. Um, obviously with any company, you want to make sure that you are indispensable. So, you know, <laughs> you to ensure that, um, but it, it's, it's a good place and I'm, I'm happy to, to be where I am and, and just continue to grow. Like I just was promoted this past February to the director role. So, um, so it's been a pretty good ride uh, to go from lead to principal to senior manager to director in five years. Um, and who knows what, what more um, is going to come. Uh, I, I have a team of eight at the moment. And um, once you get to a certain level, it is the members. So, they don't want you to manage so many people. So I'll probably have a, a manager under me soon and I'll continue growing. So it's good. Cool. So what? Uh, let's shift gears for a little bit. What are you doing outside of work besides like working out and looking good? Like what, what else? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so outside of work, half of it's uh, keeping up with kid, um, 17, trying to, trying to start thinking about schools and all of that. Um, and, you know, that's a, a whole story in and of itself. But, you know, we're, we're, we'll get there, I hope. <laughs> Cole, <laughs> right? Cole, Cole's Cole, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, Cole, Cole still playing sports? He was playing a lot of sports when I last hung with him. Yeah, so he he was uh, all in basketball, but decided this past summer, like we, we so challenges with COVID, you know, and a knee surgery in that grade. He had been away from from the team sport, he still doing coaching and and uh, doing individual stuff. But we finally got him back on a, a team this past spring, and um, and yeah. It, it was it was good to watch uh, him finally be out on the court again. But at some point, he decided that he doesn't have the passion for it anymore. Right? He likes to play, but he's not interested in putting in the time and effort on the court um, to practice. Right? So if you're not going to practice, then there's no point. 
So that's his uh, thing. He just decided that. So now sports is out off the table. <laughs> but he's also got the uh, the creative bug. So he he's looking at architecture. He's looking at uh, uh, just art and design and fashion and design. So so that's him. Uh, so just trying to keep up with him uh, on one side. On the other side, I'm uh, um, you know recently well. Well, not recently, as long as it's been a couple of years now, or more than a couple of years, two years, uh, separated and, and working towards divorce. So, uh, but I've uh, moved on with my life. So dating is certainly part of uh, my my extracurricular, probably the other half of my time <laughs> spent dating because I I am dating someone. So, um, and a former uh, Wahoo as well. So it's uh, been very lovely to to have that time. So that's cool. Uh, and, and, She's up in New York, so I spent half my time actually in New York, running up there to to hang out with her. Um, if she's not coming down here to hang out with me, so so pretty much made that uh, transition to something new and, and wonderful. I'm mean, very uh, excited and happy about that. Yeah, and that's the DC to New York City thing is very commutable, right? It's like you just get absolutely. I don't know if you like the train, like the Acela, or do you fly? What's your deal? I, I drive actually. Oh wow! I really okay. Drive. Yeah, so I, I drive, park, and then just hang out for the week, and then drive back. There's more flexibility. I don't have to worry about you know having to be at the train station at any time. Now, when I was going for work, when I, I so I moved up to Leesburg briefly, and then moved back to the city. Uh, for for work from Leesburg, I would fly. <laughs> Getting down to the train station was a, was a pain. Uh, when I lived in the city and went for work, I would do the train um, all the time. But now, especially uh, because COVID, you know, I wasn't really trying to get on that. I need public transportation at that point. I, I started driving and now it's just stuck. It's easier to drive and cheapest. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 bus, oh. the bus would be cheaper. But Oh, that COVID thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that, that was a bit of a challenge, there, but. Work cool. around it. And uh, when you're in DC, what are you doing socially? Like, uh, wh- where do you like to hang out? What's going on with that? You know, to be honest, um, when I'm in DC, I usually have my son. So it's usually being at his uh, beck and call to, to be his Uber or whatever. So, so I really hang out a lot. But I do try to catch up with people when I can. Um, so it's either dinners here and there. But what I like to do is have people over here um, because I, Bought a condo uh, in the old Walter Reed in DC, um, and then I also got a private terrace uh, with that. So I have this nice living space up here that I love to entertain in, and um, and it, it's just it's like my outdoor living room. So um, and, and funny thing about it being on the top floor, even on the hottest days, you still have a breeze up here, and it, it's pretty nice. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and entertain people here um but outside of that you know it's it's um it's hard to get out when you're just like focused on all the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis um but i do like to try to catch up with people when i can uh, but right really it's it's about trying to find time when people uh, other people are traveling or or anything else so you almost forget and by the time you, you catch up it's like too late and, <laughs> and then you've missed your window so you try to plan for some other future time so yeah. I, like i gotta ask uh tell us about the fitness thing because that's really a central part of your life i know you told us back to the valleys when you were working there but like what do you yeah what specifically is going on now because you you pay a little bit more attention to it than the average person i i do i do there, there's a time when i figured out um with everything going on in my life that that my kind of um, time for reflection and, and me time was when I was working out. So I was, I, I was running, I guess, to, to kind of meet that need at the time. Uh, I was taking advantage of um, uh, memberships that come with um, companies. You know, you get the free gym membership with that. So I was taking advantage of that and gone. But if there's not, no convenient gym, then it's kind of hard to get motivated. So I started running because that's always convenient. You can do it whenever you want. Um, so with that, I just just always made that a priority. So uh, it got to a point where if I wasn't doing it, I really just didn't feel the same. And then I got to a point where 
you know, I was doing all this work now, but I wasn't getting where I felt like I needed to get. So, um, so that's when I started looking at nutrition, um, and, and, and managing nutrition really keeps me in, in better shape. So it's really 80% nutrition and 20%, you know, what you're doing actively. Um, so I started changing my it's five years ago, actually. Five years ago, <laughs> things started Salesforce. I changed my nutrition and kind of started the new trajectory of my life because um, it wasn't far after that that you know I started on a, on a new path, um, separated. Um, so, so yeah. So with that, the nutrition and the working out just made me feel better, right? Um, uh, the nutrition got me to that other place where, you know, I, I actually liked what I saw, right? Because there's one thing about just feeling comfortable in your skin, which <laughs> there are times where I get back to that point and I got to rein it in a little bit, but that's fine. You know, the great thing about the lifestyle that I, I, I choose for myself is that um, I can really get serious and focused and, and then get back on track. And then uh, I still enjoy and indulge in all the things that I, I like, you know, which is everything. So. <laughs> So, you know, I'm not cutting anything out. I'm just doing it in a, in a more sensible way. Cool. So um, what's your message out to the folks? Like what, you know, if you wanted to leave some words of wisdom for the current imps, what would you be telling them about? Um, so I think the message that I got that made me um, proud to be an imp and, and, and what I really felt uh, being in it meant was the whole work hard, play hard mentality, right? And uh, and you know, be very serious about what you're doing, but don't take yourself seriously. And that's kind of how I live my life. I I, I enjoy life. I I want to make a difference and, and work hard at the things that I do, but also just really enjoy life at the same time. So you know. I uh, put a hashtag every day on my my um, my post. Live your best life. That's really what it's all about. And and to me, um, you talk about the uh, the the one word that that uh, occurs in. And, and to me, the, the word for me is simple, right? Keeping things simple because um, you know moving from the married life with the big house and all the stuff that <clears throat> didn't really mean a lot. You know, I left all that behind and moved into my condo and really became minimalist in everything I have. I probably still have more than I need because I still hold on to all those <laughs> mementos from, from your back dress, in the day. Your, your dress that you wore when, when you were playing. I, I, I got rid of the dress. I got rid of the dress. Oh, you got rid of it? <laughs> We're just about to build a, an imp archives and we were going to put that in the imp archives for you. Oh, um, I've got, yeah. I've got several photo albums of that. So that, that's, I've got plenty to contribute to that archive, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, just keeping it simple. Life doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be hard. It's just, um, yeah, it, it's, it's enjoying what you have and the people around you and, and just really embracing all that. All right. I might, be hitting a, I might be hitting a nerve with this one because looking at you, I probably think that you never eat carbs ever. What about Bodo's bagels? Do you make an exception? Uh, I will make an exception. I mean, I do eat carbs actually, because carbs are not terrible. Oh, I'm messing with you. Come on, come on. I know you eat. The guy who like half of his consumption comes from tuna and grain alcohol. Are you kidding me? Yeah, come on. Of course I do. But uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. Bodo's was so far away when I was in school and I didn't have a car. So I never really made it to Bodo's a whole lot. Um, but now that it's on the corner, I can actually hit the I'll uh, go and enjoy a, a bagel. And, and I'm always all, all about the breakfast sandwich, right? I mean, it's a plain bagel with cream cheese isn't, isn't enough. So um, so I'm going to need the bacon and the egg <laughs> and whatever cream cheese I feel for the day. So that's uh, that's kind of how I approach it. And whatever bagel I feel for the day, you know, there's uh, uh, the uh, cinnamon bagel is always good. Um, is that there's something bigger, right? The, the yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there. Yeah, yeah, that's always good. Yeah, I don't remember because I, I 
go so few and far between. If I do a shake for breakfast, I do a snack. Yeah, so I gotta like go when I'm. <laughs> yeah, I'm great. I'm gonna, I'm so gonna come on. I'm going to do my detox with you. Like when, instead of like going to like Weight Watchers or whatever they use, I'm just going to go live with you for a month. I'm going to come <laughs> out of there looking like a SEAL Team 6 stud. It, it, it's not hard, but I have yet to achieve that. <laughs> Mind you, I, I cannot, I, I've not gotten to that point. I just want to get to a point where I feel comfortable in my skin. And because um, um, there is definitely a, a line where you just start feeling like not yourself. And that's, um, I just try to stay below that line <laughs> and, and uh, maintain that. But yeah, it's not that hard. Calories in, calories out. Dude, you look you look healthy. You look happy. It was great to catch up with you today, man. Right, thank you. It's always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. Anything uh, for Imp Nation in general that you want to impart? Just to me, uh, 2008, uh, Facebook, being able to, to reconnect with people, that's been life for me. And, and just being able to do that um, with people. Uh, ongoing is is really, like I said, being with friends um, and, and reconnecting is really how I'm living my best life because because we had some really special times and, and to relive those and to and to recreate them and and to to create new memories. I mean that's that's what it's really about and that's that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do. And I hope you know anybody that we haven't connected with or I haven't connected with recently we can make that happen. Which matter of fact, Chris Foster. Just reached out the other day so that uh, we can try to catch up. Found out that he's actually working for the same company as uh, uh, my girlfriend. So, um, so we definitely want to try to catch up a little bit more. Everyone goes through DC, right? Everyone goes through DC. No reason not to catch up with you. That's for sure. I, I am here. I'm here and I'm sitting here at home waiting for people to catch up with it. But I got to do some more reaching out myself. So. <laughs> Awesome, B. Grant. Loved hanging out with you, dude. I was really looking forward to this interview, and you didn't. Uh, no, no. Thanks, my no, man. All right, Thank information. You, if anyone has any recommendations of who you want to hear, reach out. Just uh, respond to those emails that I sent out. And B. Grant, you are money. Great seeing you, bro. Good to see you, too. All right, bud. Take care. All right. Hi there, Tom here. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about my other podcast, Total Sense. As you may know, after my time as an imp, I went on to become a financial advisor. Okay, stop laughing. Don't act so surprised. In each episode, I share advice to parents about how to talk to kids about money. As a parent, I know how difficult that money conversation can be, so I hope you'll listen and find it helpful. It's Total Sense. C-E-N-T-S, as in money, available anywhere you get your podcasts.